Morning, everyone. Over the, over the Easter break, I got to go away and uh, I did a drive down the coast to visit my daughter, who's now living in Melbourne. And along the way, I was preparing for this message, uh, listening to some um, some audio books and, and thinking about it, and trying to think of an opening illustration. Uh, the passage we read just then, which is from Matthew, says, Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And while I'm driving down, uh, I started to get these signs from God, I think. Um, trouble concentrating, power nap now. Uh, these happen as you really get into Victoria. They're like every sort of 10 or 20 Ks, like that you're bombarded. But um, that was one. I thought, well, that's concerning. If I'm, if I'm having trouble concentrating, I should probably power nap. And as I got a little bit further, it got a little bit more severe. And it says, a microslip can kill in seconds. I thought, gee, I better not have a microslip because that would be pretty bad. Um, and then it said, tiredness can kill, take a break. I thought, oh, am I feeling tired? I was, I was having to assess myself continuously. And then finally, it got really, really severe. And it said, drowsy drivers die. I thought, oh, my goodness, what do I do? Um, and fortunately, there was another sign that said, rest and stay alive. So 10 kilometers down the track, you could pull in and under a nice tree and have a rest. Well, there you go. Um, microsleeps can kill. Fatigue is a terrible thing when you're on the road. And the reason why they put those signs up there is because it, it's a serious problem. Uh, when you do get tired, you start not to function, and it can result in a terrible accident. And that would be the last thing you'd want. And the body needs rest. You need to have rest so that you can recover, so that you can concentrate, so that you can live. Uh, today, uh, we're starting a series on the heart of Jesus, um, and this passage really embodies in it, it's, it talks about rest and it talks about other things, but it embodies in it Jesus's heart. When I asked Lee about it, the, the title of the talk was Desire, and I said to him, why is it called Desire? Because it doesn't appear anywhere in the passage, and Lee, because Lee's been organising the series, he said, Oh, it's a, it's uh um it's interesting isn't it or it's you know and i said i thought oh my goodness you've given me a curveball here but actually um the passage we're talking about is about jesus's desire and his desire to sum it up is for us he loves us and he wants us to come to him so it is very much about desire uh, even though the word doesn't appear there and we see jesus's heart now, this series is a great opportunity to invite people to perhaps haven't had a chance to go to church before, maybe are just getting to know Jesus, because we're covering some fundamentals. But to be honest with you, it's not just for people that are maybe coming to Jesus for the first time. I think this message is for everybody, because we all need to know more and more about the heart of Jesus. So whether you're a new Christian, a non-Christian, or a, or a Christian that's been a Christian for decades or your whole life, there's something in here for you, and I pray that you'll get that. Um, uh, of course, you know, as we're thinking about driving and about the fatigue, um, we know that there is a fatigue that's greater than physical fatigue. Um, there's a fatigue which we can call, uh, we, can get, we can get fatigued in our emotions or we can get fatigued in our minds. But the thing we're thinking about is even deeper than that. We're thinking about the fatigue that hits the soul. It's when you're so burdened and troubled by all the pressures we all experience in life that you're struggling to get up, where you're really being weighed down and it's starting to affect you. And just like a microsleep can kill, this can devastate your life. It leads to unhappiness and discontentment. That weighing down can lead to a loss of motivation. 
anxiety, depression, despair, and ultimately it can even lead us away from God or stop us from coming to him. Where do we find rest? That's what we're thinking about this morning. And I think Jesus today calls us, he invites us to come to him and we see his desire, which is to give us that rest. So with that, let's just bow our heads and pray. Lord, we come before you and acknowledge that you are the God who loves us. You've sent Jesus into the world to call us to you. Lord, thank you for Jesus. And we pray that this morning we can hear his words. Help us to understand his love for us and help us to know how to respond so that we can receive all the gifts that you've got in store for us. Thank you for your for what we're learning this morning. And I pray that you will speak to our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So the passage we're looking at this morning is Matthew 11, verses 28 to 30. It's only three verses, but we're going to dissect them and, and look at them a little bit more a little bit more deeply. But Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take your yoke upon me and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The first thing we want to talk about is that Jesus invites us to come to him. He says, come to me. Now, there's lots of things that we can turn to when we're burdened by life. There are lots of bad things that we can resort to to try to numb that pain. It could be alcohol or drugs or gambling or pornography. Anything that leads us or tries to distract us that to try to numb that feeling of tiredness and fatigue of being weighed down, to give us some excitement. That can lead us away from God, and those things uh, can actually become addictions and make things even worse. There are things that we can run to when we're tired or crawl to, which are good things, but even these things don't help. We can turn to relationships. We can turn to religion. We can turn to coming to church. We can go to Bible study, all great things. But Jesus says, come to me. The reality is that you can go to church and still not come to Jesus. You can go to Bible study and still not get to know who Jesus is, really, in your heart. Jesus says, come to me. Then those things have value and meaning and they start to find their purpose The fact is people went to Jesus and heard him speaking in real life 2,000 years ago and many of them heard him in person and then they walked away scratching their heads thinking what was all that about and they left unchanged and we run the risk of doing the same thing. But Jesus says come to me because only when we come to him can we truly receive what he has in store for us. The fact is you can go to Jesus anywhere. Church is a great place to come and find Jesus and Bible study and all of those things and I encourage you to do those things. But you can be anywhere and still come to Jesus by getting to know who he is, by putting your trust in him, by hearing is your call and responding to that in your heart, not just as a token gesture. We can seek him. What Jesus wants ultimately is for us to have a relationship with him. He wants us to put our hope in him. 
He wants us to trust him. But who is this Jesus? There's the highlights there. I'll put them up as we go. But who is this Jesus that we are to come to? Well, we see from the passage, he is the one who's able to provide us rest. So he has a power that is something that we don't have for ourselves. Um, He is described in the Bible as the king, the creator, the sustainer. He has the power of death and life in his hands. He is described as the ruler of all. And in this passage, perhaps more than any other, we get a very clear indication of his heart. He says here, he says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble of heart. This tells us about what Jesus is like. Now, when we're thinking about the heart, we're not thinking about the organ that beats blood in your body. We're not even thinking about the emotions. What we're thinking about in the Bible when it talks about a heart is it's the idea of the core of a person. It embodies their emotions and their mind and also their will and desires. It's the centre of a person that drives who they are and the whole uh, their whole motivation, if you like, as a person. And Jesus reveals to us in this passage his heart, but it's actually really surprising. What would you expect Jesus' heart to be like? He's a king. Perhaps we would expect him, and I don't think this would be a stretch, to look down upon us because we're so failed. Perhaps, Perhaps he would be repulsed by us. Perhaps we would think of him as being demanding and austere and judgmental and harsh, exasperated over our inability to fix our problems, maybe even angry, intimidating. I think all of these would be the way we think of someone. If you met someone who was powerful and a ruler, we would expect them to be like this. This is how people are in the world. We would expect us to be reproachable and him to be unapproachable. But Jesus isn't like this. He's described as being gentle and humble in heart. That word humble there in some versions is translated lowly. So gentle and lowly in heart. Now gentle means that he doesn't damage us. He doesn't push us beyond what we can bear. He's careful, patient, understanding, gracious, caring, tender, welcoming, accommodating, willing. He loves us. That's why he's gentle. There it talks about him being humble, as we've said, is also translated lowly. In the Bible, that word is often used to describe someone of low position. It's the same word in the Greek that's used in Romans 12, 6, where it says, do not be proud, but willing to associate with the lowly or the people of low position. It describes those who in our society are unimpressive, overlooked, often shunned. But Jesus describes himself as humble or lowly. This is a surprise. What's pointing to here is his accessibility, that he isn't unapproachable, that we can come to him. In fact, he is in welcoming and accommodating and willing. He wants us to come to him. Now, I know what you're thinking. Doesn't this make Jesus a little bit of a pushover? I mean, gentle and humble. 
is that really the qualities that we that we look up to? I mean, he's just going to get pushed around. But actually, if you look back in the passage earlier, the, in fact, earlier in, in, in that chapter of chapter 11, he's actually just finished going into some towns. And he says this, And you, Capernaum, will you be lifted to the heavens? No, you will go down to Hades full of... Uh, for if the miracles that had been performed in you had been performed in Sodom, Sodom, it would have remained to this day. But I tell you that it will be more bearable for Sodom on that day of judgment than for you. Pretty harsh. And we all know what happened to Sodom, don't we? It got destroyed by God. Nothing left. And Jesus went to these towns and they rejected him. And he said, you've got no chance. You've got less chance than Sodom. How is it that we can combine this gentle, humble heart with this Jesus who tells it like it is? And the answer is because his gentleness and humbleness is for those who come to him with their burden. For those who reject him, he's not afraid to stand and bring God's judgment But for those who come to him and come as they are, he has open arms, not a pointed finger, but is welcoming and inviting. And this gentleness and lowliness is not just how he acts to those who come. It is who he is. It's his very heart. Jesus's deepest desire is for you to come to him so that he can pour out his love on you. But who is invited? Who is it that can come? Well, I want you to notice in the passage that we read that it says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. It says, all you. This is an open invitation. It's independent of nationality or age or sex or socioeconomic position or even religious background. It's all you. Come to me. And it's those who have are weary or have a burdened. That word uh, weary is sometimes translated you who labor. It's the active sense of fatigue. It's like when you're working and you've become tired, you've become fatigued. And the word burdened is the idea of a weight, something that weighs you down. It's the passive sense. It's when you know, in the first sense, you're you're working to control your circumstances. In the second sense, you've got no control because it's just heaped on you and you're just weighed down. Whether you're weary or burdened or both, Jesus calls you to come, calls you to come to Him. Now, for the people that were hearing this, they would have understood it, because for the Israelites that were hearing this, perhaps for the first time. They were really weary and burdened by the religious rules that had been put upon them. What to eat and what to wear and what to drink and holy days and the holy rituals that they had to follow. They felt like they had to work their way to please God. It was like nothing they could do would be good enough. And they were weighed down by this. Jesus rebuked the leaders of their time who just kept heaping more and more rules and regulations on the people He said about the Pharisees, he said, they tie up heavy, cumbersome loads and put it on other people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to lift a finger to help them. 
Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. If you feel that you need to work your way to God, and I think it's a trap that we fall into. It's almost our human nature that somehow we feel that coming to God depends on, on us doing something. But Jesus says, come to me, all you're weary, and I will give you rest. It's a gift. I give it to you. You come as you are. You don't fix your weariness and burden. You don't need to do anything. You just come to him and give it to him. There's no work involved other than the coming to him. If you feel like that, just come to Jesus. Put the load down and give it to him. You don't need to work your way and fix your life and get it perfect and follow every rule and regulation perfectly to come to Jesus. If you're weary and burdened, that qualifies you. That's all you need. Now, there are many more things that weary us. Perhaps these days we're less worried about religious rules and regulations. Perhaps we've become too liberal. But there are burdens that come upon us when we don't meet expectations, whether it's religious expectations or the expectations of our partners and our parents as an employee, social expectations. Do you look good enough? Are you fit enough? Are you smart enough? Have you made enough money? What about failed relationships? They cut, they hurt, they're burdens. Besetting sins, things that we've tried to throw off, that we know are wrong, that you can't, you just keep doing it. Well, these things are a burden. But Jesus says, come to me. He offers those who come something significant. He offers them rest. But what is this rest like? When I ask you to think about the word rest, what do you think of? Do you think of sitting in front of the TV, doing finger exercises? Perhaps that's a little bit more old-fashioned these days. Maybe it's scrolling on the couch. Is that what's going up, isn't it? Yeah, Uh, or is it sleeping? Is it a vacation or a holiday, going away, having a break from work? These are good things. Um, All of these forms of rest that we're talking about, of course, are physical rest. But Jesus is speaking about something deeper. You know, the Bible has a lot to say about rest. In fact, it's a great topic to study one day. But it starts right from the beginning of Genesis and it goes all the way to Revelation and it appears all the way through this idea of rest because we all want it. We all long for it. And right in the beginning, it even gives us a clue. And I'll just just do that this morning. In Genesis chapter 2, God has just finished creating the world. He's made everything that we see. And it says, But on the seventh day, God had finished his work. He had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from his work. So there we see it. God rested. Let me ask you a question. Was God tired? Did he need a holiday? This was more than just physical rest. Earlier on in chapter 1, verse 31, he said, God saw everything that he has made and it was good. Physical rest is more than just, rest is just more than just the rest of the body. It's more than just even recovering your energy. It's about enjoyment. 
It's about satisfaction. It's about contentment. That's what true rest is. God, when he rested, wasn't resting because he was weary. He rested because it was finished and he could enjoy the fruit of what he had created. Jesus here in this passage talks about that kind of rest. I will come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Later on it says, and you will find rest for your souls. This rest is a rest in the middle of our hearts. It's the rest that we long for. It's the finding that contentment and fulfillment. It's a deeper rest than just having a power nap. Well, it seems contradictory, doesn't it, that coming to Jesus can somehow give us rest. I mean, I think there's a, if we were going to have a, a bias these days, it would be towards thinking that religion perhaps coming to Jesus, is something that's going to burden us. I mean, isn't it more restful to just do whatever you want? Because coming to Jesus has an implication. We come to him, we follow him. Surely it is more restful for me to just do, not follow anything at all, whatever I feel like. And that's a valid question. But here's the thing. The irony is that no pleasure, money, fame, can lift or revive your soul or lift that burden. If you doubt this, have a look at those who are successful by the world's standards. Are they truly free? Just look at your tabloids, at those who are famous. Do you see that they have rest for their souls? Jesus offers us a rest that we cannot find anywhere else, even if we just do whatever we want. That rest only he can give us. Jesus offers us true rest. Well, I guess the final thing to think about is, well, what does this rest look like? And is it just a case of, you know, we're sitting back and everything is easy? Well, I don't think it is because Jesus says here, come to me and I will give you a rest Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Now, the word yoke, I should have put a picture up, actually. It's this this piece of wood that you put across an ox's back so that it can pull a plow or lift a load. It allows it to lift and pull. That's what the yoke does. And here he says, come to me, all you who are weary, and I will give you rest. We are to, uh, and, and it says, take my yoke upon you. So we're exchanging the burden of the world for the yoke that Jesus gives. But notice there about something about this yoke. It's a yoke to do work, but it says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The load that Jesus places upon us, the yoke he places upon us is a non-yoke. And the burden he asks us to carry is light. So it's a non-burden. But he has something for us to do. It's something that we can do with a bit of a spring in our step with a new energy and a new heart, revived in our souls from the rest that he has given us. That task is to learn from him. Jesus says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. Our job is to become more like Jesus, to become more like him, humble in heart and gentle. Now, that's a challenge, isn't it? 
And that's what he wants us to do. It's a fantastic mission to be more like Jesus. So let me ask you some questions this morning. Are the warning signs in your life? Do you need a rest? Are you weary? And are you burdened? Whether you're a person who's not come to Jesus before, he invites you to come. To take, to learn from him and to receive that rest that only he can give. If you're a Christian and you found yourself burdened, have you forgotten? Have you slipped away? Jesus invites you to come to him, to give your burden back to him so that he can take it off you. He gives us a mission, which is to learn from him. So won't you come to Jesus today? Receive his free gift. Learn from him, for he cares about you. Let's just close in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for your wonderful invitation. Thank you that you welcome us. And thank you for Jesus' heart, which is so accommodating for us. Thank you that you don't push us away and you accept us as we are. We know, Lord, that we have failed you. We know that we come to you imperfectly with so many flaws. Lord, we bring before you our burden, our tiredness, our fatigue, our sorrow. We ask you, Lord, to help us, lift us up, pour your love into our hearts, revive us and strengthen us. Give us a new heart and help us to live for you. We just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.